is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For part two with Vicki Lewis, we continue the conversation of getting better at listening. And we also talk about achievement versus fulfillment. She shares some really fascinating stories I think we can all learn from. So I hope you enjoy part two with Vicki Lewis. How have you gotten better at listening? Really listening to what someone is saying. Listening to who? Listening to the craziness? Or like, what do you mean? Like, I, I guess whatever comes to mind. I mean, it could be the craziness. It could be, you know, I, yeah, really I think, anything. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very good at taking the emotional temperature just mm. out of self-preservation. So I kind of, I can walk in a room and I have like hypervigilance and I, I take the temperature and I'm like, okay, cool. So this person needs a lot of attention. They're going to get insecure if they think I'm stealing a scene. So let me come in sort of, I, I it's weird. I, I find a way to, I, I don't know what I do. I guess I just, I do a lot of it out of self-preservance. I also do it out of, hey, let's all have fun. So if you're acting that way, because I know you're insecure, let me come up under it a different way with you. And let's, let me, let me make friends with you in mm. the scene and as an actor, and let's try to dissipate the insecurity. Let's tell the story. I, you know, I know what's toxic and I stay clear of it. I, mm. I, I don't, you know, toxic people love a tennis match. Boom, I hit the ball. Boom, they want you to hit it back. I won't yeah. hit the ball back. I just don't. I I say what I, you know, great, and then I move the fuck away. Like, I just don't. That's that's part of it. Like, also, you get older and it's tiring. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to do all that. Yeah, I just want to do the work. And luckily, you know, in, in talking about in between the lines, in between the lines. Somebody also just, I'm teaching a masterclass and the ad that he sent to everybody was, Vicky, straight from off-Broadway's Between the Lions. You know, it just made me laugh. I was like, cool, let's go with that. But anyway, the cast of Between the Lines was remarkable. Yeah. They, I, I loved each and every one of them, truly. You know, and in particular, Ren, I fell in love with Ren as a human, yeah. um, you know, John, everybody just, they were, they were wonderful people. And we went through so much together, you know, that I think we're probably bonded in a certain way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, and it's a, it's a shame you almost say like, it's a surprise and wish you had more of that, but it is a surprise when you get such a good group of individuals yeah. together that are equally kind and giving on and off a stage. And, and also Jeff sets a great tone, the director, Jeff Calhoun. Yeah. He he is does not want conflict. Yeah. He doesn't deal with conflict. He is very sensitive. And in and also uh, Paul McGill, who was the choreographer, yeah. very kind. So the tone gets set, you know, in a room. And they set a great tone. Jody and, you know, all the writers, same thing. Just kind, mm -hmm. kind, kind. Yeah, it's yes, yes. You're absolutely, you're absolutely right. Did okay. So this list that you mentioned, these takeaways, these are like super valuable takeaways for a listener. Are there other um, activities or or daily rituals that you have in meditation or journaling or texts you refer to? Two things happen to me when I meditate. I either fall asleep, 
or I become obsessed with what I was thinking about, even though I try to use those tricks where they're like, when the thoughts come up, just think of it as a cloud that passes by. I cannot meditate. I so don't do that. Um, the world stops. I, yeah, no, it's like, I just admire. I was walking the other day with my friend John, and there was this woman, and she had a, a placard out or whatever, and she was in a mid-meditation she didn't move like the whole time we were walking it must have been four minutes and i was like how does somebody do that you know um i well how do i calm down as i watch crime shows this is a bad question this isn't going to be not helpful for anyone i'm obsessed with crime shows you know what i what i've learned mostly is if i'm feeling i wake up and i'm feeling janky i exercise until i work it out of my body Movement. I will walk until I'm like, okay, now let me, you know, I sort of, that's a thing, a, a thing that I do, you know, I'm addicted to magic tea, which is mm. like, yeah, I get addicted to certain things that make me happy in the wrong way. I watch crime shows and I exercise it out of my body. I also go to therapy uh, and, mm. you know, whether there's an acute situation going on in my life or whether I'm just sort of you know, going along and it's grand. I I'm always in therapy. Yeah. I, it, it makes me, it, it, it's, it's my best sort of medicine. I, you know, I you think know. it's so fantastic. Even if you have nothing quote unquote air quotes wrong going on to go to therapy gives you a really solid litmus test of like, this is neutral or what's, you know, before you have yeah. something, you know, you don't just have to go because something's wrong. It's good to talk. Right. Well, and also it's fascinating to talk to somebody. And in general, that's the other thing is I tend to try to find friends that are not actors. I love actors, mm. um, but I, I don't enjoy talking about acting 24 seven. Like, what did you go in for? What did you go? Blah, 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 blah. Like, it's interesting to me, but I, I have friends who there's other things in the world. You forget about that. You know, so I gravitate to friendships. You know, my friend Piper is a jewelry designer. Mm. Um, you know, I have a friend who is a is a writer. Writer. Mm. Um, I you know, so I take a lot of solace, and I have a therapist that is old and wise, and so I immediately get a reality test when I come in with all the noise, and then he kind of looks at me, you know, because. What we do in theater is, it's, it's intense. It's just, and there's so many no's. So many no's. I used to do this thing yeah. in LA. I would read for something and I, I would feel like embarrassed, you know, because they'd either go like, thank you. Because in LA, you know, they, they're just so, you know, they don't know what theater is. They don't care. You know, there's that line in I'll do anything. And it's true. Is she fuckable? And you know that is what they're thinking for most of the shit when you walk in there and even for the comedy parts. Yeah. Because it, it's TV and film and there's a great funny line and I'll do anything where, you know, and for men too, is he fuckable, right? Mm. And so, and you know, if they call me in and, and they know I'm funny and that's why I get called in, I'm either seriously outside in the hallway, it's me, roadkill and a model. I, I, you know, seriously, and I'm not trying to be, but like, it's like somebody 
really clearly, you know what I mean? And then a yeah. model and me, you know, it, it has nothing to do, you know, you know you're there because you can act, okay. Mm -hmm. they, they figured that out, I guess. But so I used to take the script, like if I go to Sony or the three like places you go, because you take, you drive, you put your makeup on, you drive, you sit in the car, you look at the lines, you got to get a parking pass, you walk over. It's a whole day yeah. for three minutes, right? So you build it up in your mind and I'm going there and then I'm going to be, and then they, the money, and it's all in your head. And then you get there and they're either eating a sandwich or, you know what I mean? They go, thank you. So I used to take the script and I'd put it under the back left wheel of my car and drive over it. Just leave it there. That's <laughs> what? was doing for a while <laughs> just leave it <laughs> it's cathartic it's a movement it's it motion really is. <laughs> because i used to like i get in the car and then i turn the rear view mirror and i'd look and i do the scene like but well, guess this is what i look like while i was doing it like it's insane and right. nothing to do with so so there's a lot of no yeah which you know which i wished i had you don't listen. It's that's what's cruel in the world is that you don't learn what you learn until you're much older. I wish somebody had taught me, but you also can't. Somebody can't tell you. You have to just go through it. But so I cultivate other things. I, you know, I teach. I teach a lot. Um, I just do things. You know, I rescue dogs. Um, just different things to get myself out of. You know, the whole activity is: is my is my phone going to ring with a job? And especially nowadays, because there are so many channels, so many, and what's happened, because everything is spread out and there's like a hundred, well, there's like 300 channels, you know, so the movie stars have started to now, then, and this is a while ago, they would do the Broadway, or they would go to the TV series, right? Mm -hmm. Then the TV star would go on Broadway. Then the Broadway star would go down, and it filters down. It used to just be the theater actors were doing theater, and you know, you could be an actor of any sort on television. And now it's just, it's this weird, where to get in, like I really am empathetic to young actors. I don't know how you get in and make a road for right. yourself. You know, there's, there's just so much of it and it's so dissipated and the pay is so much less. It's all gotten very diluted. So, yeah. you know, I don't know how you navigate that one. That's tricky. You know? it is. Yeah, it really, it is. You're absolutely right. It's, it's tough. It is tough. I'm curious through these lessons, and you may have answered this with the Grace Under Fire thing, but I'm curious if something else comes to mind. <laughs> is there a common piece of incorrect advice you hear in the entertainment industry? Well, get a nose job. <laughs> okay. Seriously. Yeah, I believe I've that. Have you ever thought, Vicky, of, you know, when I was younger, right. um, I would go to the EN when I had a sore throat in a Broadway show and he'd, be, he'd wink and go, I can fix that deviated septum, right? So there was a lot early on of, you can change your face. Mm. Um, and to the point where I started thinking about it. Mm. And the lesson for me was, I had a callback for the Shelley Long pilot. Mmm, yum. And <laughs> we were all sitting out, like, you know, the things you, I mean, really, what do you think that's, what kind of work is that going to be? Nothing against Shelley Long. But so we're all out in the waiting room and, you know, okay, next, next. 
and I'm talking to this lovely lady and I'm like, what do you do? Like, you know, and she's like, well, I do, I'm kind of a stand up. I do comedy, blah, blah, blah. So then the casting director came out and she called Lorraine Newman. I don't know if you remember Lorraine Newman from Saturday Night Live. She had a fantastic nose. Yeah. I was talking to Lorraine Newman, who I'm a huge fan of. She had changed her face. So she lost, I think, the thing that made her the sexiest, the most interesting. She it wasn't there and I didn't know who it was. Wow. Now she looked gorgeous and she's talented and she's conti she continues to do well, but it was a big lesson to me. Mm. Um, yeah. I also see a good example is Barbara Streisand. So Barbara Streisand got what she wanted and she lost what she had. And what I mean by that is she was so funny and so self-deprecating in so much of her work. And then when she did enough film to where she was looking at herself in dailies and directing it so she could control the look. She looked very beautiful and lost the funny. Uh -huh. And I just, you know, so to me, I, that, that's one thing. Um, mm. The other advice is, I mean, you get a myriad of disturbing advice. Um, for me, it was always the outsides, literally, you know, but yeah, I, I can't think of one offhand you know oh you know they're just little nuggets there isn't one thing sure. but that face that change your face if you're different looking is huge i we did the 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 pilot of news radio yeah. and we came down for notes from the from the network or was the it was the first taping so they came down to give us notes and the only note they had for my character was she doesn't have enough she's not breasty enough so they put these chicken cutlets in my bra hmm. That's the only note that came from the network. So during the bows each night, I would take the chicken cutlets out and go like this. The audience, we'd... But I mean, like, that was the note I got. I'm up here doing funny jokes and shit. And do you have any feedback? Yeah. Do you think we can? So that was always my thing. I, I'm sure somebody that is has, you know, looks different than I do, or even is, you know, a different kind of character has a different piece of advice. Yeah. But, you know, hold steady to what you know is authentic about yourself. Don't sell it away. Don't cut it off. Don't, you know, hold steady to that because in the end, it's all you have. You know, these people that have ruined their face to such an extent. Now, listen, I'm not, I'm not going to judge anybody. I have had some restylane in the cracks of my eyes. It looked ridiculous and my husband laughed at me, but I tried it. Like, I'm not, a, I don't judge it if it looked better. I'd probably maybe, but I never had that kind of face. But um, where you do that to yourself, you know, and you actually look weird. You don't look younger. Yeah. You look weird. You yeah. look like a burn victim, right? So <laughs> there's no, cause there's no texture left on your face. Like when you've done it to that extreme, so then I look at that, I'm thinking, well, I have to look how I look and look how pretty they look. And then I think, well, when I'm 70 and they need somebody to actually be a grandmother, there'll be like three of us left the who people. look like grandmothers. So I'm like, I'm just biding my time. <laughs> oh no, it's really good advice because I think at its core, it gets down to like, you know, don't change your, your identity is what makes you special. It's like these things are so cliche and you are enough and all these phrases, but the way you articulate it, 
It's true. Well, and, and it's so I'm so grateful because I auditioned for um my God, I would go in a million times. Remember that show? Oh, Forty Second Street. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. And I, was, I could dance, so I got called in like three or four times, and I get down to the end to be the short one at the end of the line, and I would always get cut, and at the eleventh hour, and. Mm. Who was that big producer that did 42nd Street? His name's going to go out of my head. Anyway, he came down to the lip of the stage as I was leaving again, and he goes, listen, he goes, you don't belong in the chorus. And I thought, oh, I'm trying to be a chorus girl. I'm trying to bend to what the job is instead of bringing myself into the, the room and letting them decide. Mm. I was trying to, you know, I was hiding my light under a bushel, kind of. I was like, let mm -hmm. me try to, you know, not, not that there's anything wrong. Those girls are gorgeous and talented. But it, it, it really, it kind of struck me, and it, I carried that with me, and I'm glad it happened so young. Yeah. yeah. The, the themes of this conversation are so special. I so appreciate you diving so oh, deep God. with me. What is crazy for 500? I'll take what is crazy. <laughs> I have... <laughs> I've got, <laughs> I'll take crazy for 500. I, uh, I have but a few questions left. I'm curious. Yeah. Um, okay. How do you balance or view achievement versus fulfillment in your life? Well, I mean, if I'm brutally honest, achievement is when a lot of other people validate what I'm doing that I feel is great work or good work, right? Yep. So whether that comes in the form of a review, applause, uh, an award, right? Mm. Um, that money, you know, if I'm honest, I guess that looks and feels more like achievement. Mm. Um, but again, I know enough, you know, that I've been handed that money, I've had cameras on me, and in that way I'm lucky. And, and, and there's nothing more cruel, I will say this, than to have had to be a person who was on a hit television show, a lot of hit films, a lot of stuff. So people are taking your picture and it's the 90s and the you know, early aughts. So it's not, it's not uh, social media, but, right. and then to have that go away. Hmm. Now my work didn't change, hmm. but this, the perception of, my fame, right? My, my TVQ or whatever you're, there's like a fame meter on IMDb, like a star meter, sure, sure. you know, 20, now it's at 400 or something, no. you know, um, that's a cruel, cruel lesson. And it happens to a lot of women that I know who are really talented who worked in television and film and you get around 38 and you're invisible. Hmm. You just are too old. You're not fuckable anymore. It's really, hmm. you know, the joke is really valid there. Yeah. Um, so that always felt like prestige. So I have this sort of mechanism in me that thinks it's not prestigious unless they're taking pictures again, unless they're writing about me again, unless, and that's a, a sick, but it's kind of true. Mm. Fulfillment is what I look for now, and it's more important to me than achievement. 
Although if I go a long time without achievement, what I perceive as achievement, I'm not as happy. It's a sick fucking business. I mean, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yes. I, I, so, yeah. But luckily I had that sort of, oh my God, she's so famous. Hey, where'd she go? You know, you, you get those like, what happened to Vicki Lewis? And you know, it's stupid, but mm. that's a, that's where I had to put myself back together. Mm-hmm. Sort of, wait, where, you know, I don't think I'm articulating this well, but I think you know what I mean. I do. So that's when I started to pull in those things that, oh, this isn't what it looks like. Yes, there's an award and a picture and a thing, but I'm a whole person now. So I'd rather do something that's fulfilling. I'd rather challenge myself as an artist. I'd rather help someone else with their path. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm not going to lie. Achievement feels good. It's fake. It's all outside stuff. But, you know, when you haven't had some in a minute, you're like, hey, where's the, you know, because you're an actor. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know, even as people, like when we get insecure, I mean, I have so many friends you know, you go on a social media and you look and no one puts a picture of themselves on Instagram when they're in the fetal position in an existential crisis. No. That's not what you do. So, you know, if I go on Instagram on a day, a day when I'm down or, I'm, you know, I'm just kind of feeling crummy, I find myself, my instinct is to look for a really good photo of me out and about or in, and post it. You know what I mean? Because it's this horrible mirror that's not true. Yeah, you know, um, I don't know how I got onto how unhealthy social media is, but you know, that's the difference between, yeah. No, it it these dots all connect for me, and I see it as a very straight line because it is yeah. it is a sick fucking business, <laughs> and the social media people just disappear. You know, if they're depressed, they just, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not. Yeah, it's all it's all fake. Kind of what it is. No, it really it it is. Yeah. And nobody is your friend. Like, you know, I have friends also direct, and you think, well, they're directing that. I'm right for it. How come I'm not in it? Because they're not your friend. <laughs> they're we're friends. We're friendly. I'm easy to work with. You like me, but you're not really my friend. So you're not gonna put me in the thing. You know, like I have to really make that distinction. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. That's well said. These are these are a lot of wonderful i would consider them knowledge bombs that i appreciate you sharing because <laughs> there's it's just a ton of takeaways here um final question as we wrap up yeah. curious metaphorically speaking if you could put a word or a phrase on a billboard for millions of people to see does anything come to mind i mean it's it's been oversaid but i would i would say you are enough yeah it just it, it's it's sounds cliche but i think it's really key you know you are enough you can't don't be defined by anything else just keep you know i guess that's what i would say i mean i could say a lot of things that would be inappropriate but no that would be you know what i mean that would be yeah, it, it is. And it sums it. I mean, it sums up this whole conversation in a way that it's so true. Like, that's a very succinct way of saying it. But I appreciate you expanding so deeply on 
I mean, I get angry when people give me, like a therapist who has a, a lot of letters after their name that I go talk to, you know, he'll give me an answer and I'll be like, but I'm more complicated than that. I'm more different than that. And it's really sort of, uh, you know, what's it called? Um, it's grounding when you, when, when you do hear that, no, you're just acting like it's A, B and C. You're not, your problems aren't different. You know, and so it does feel silly to say you are enough, but but I think there's a lot of truth in that. Vicki, such a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, my pleasure, Clayton. Yeah, Pe- I'm an actor. I love talking about myself. I'm not going to lie. People of the <laughs> world. <laughs> Vicki Lewis. <laughs> You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another Curiosity Conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening. 